My father once told me when he was still alive and before he came, became Christian, he told me, I notice all Christian nations are usually very prosperous and influential, like the Europeans, Scandinavians, Americans, and so on. My father noticed there is something very positively influential about a Christian religion, not only on the individual level, but even on the whole nation. Of course, little did my father know at that time that our one true living God is the one that provides such prosperity to these nations. And little did he know that following Christ is more than just see the kind of blessings we want to receive from God, but there is something more than material prosperity. The true riches in following Christ is the very presence of God Himself in our life. There is something how the history of people of God has failed in the past, and those who love God learn from such mistake to realize it's not all about the material prosperity. Today we are celebrating Palm Sunday, the day we remember how Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem. Palm Sunday reminds us the leaves of the palm trees being laid before Jesus when he was entering the city of Jerusalem, as mentioned in the Gospel reading today. Just as we read it today in the Holy Gospel, it is a celebration of the arrival of a king into the city. Before I begin to talk about our celebration of Palm Sunday, I would like to talk about our past weeks of Lent. I remember Audrey was asking questions during one of our dinner sessions. Why do we need to go through all these traditions? It was a very good question from Audrey. If we do not teach and explain what we are doing in our liturgical service and calendar, we will fall again into what we call a dead tradition. Thus, it is important to talk about our liturgical season in fact, the early church fathers will usually start off their sermon by talking about the liturgical season before they go into the sermon. What happened in the medieval days of the church, which corruption, arrogance and ignorance of the ministers in the church failed to do their job to explain and teach the people about what we are doing and caused spiritual deadness and allow our beautiful living Christian tradition to be dead. Therefore, we have issues like Reformation and Protestantism. The challenge for the pastors today is the same thing what Christ has challenged Peter the Apostle about loving him requires us to feed the sheep of Christ. Unfortunately, today we still have the same issue that some people want the title of deacons, priests, all bishops to feel good, to have status, to have a nice certificate, or things that it is like being a dato or tan sri, just for good social standing, for a good influential position. Yet, I'm willing to carry the burden as a pastor. Bishops, priests, and deacons are pastors, and pastors are supposed to feed the sheep and lead the sheep of Christ, not to earn title for influence or look respectable on the pulpit. Another thing Audrey pointed out very well, she wants to know why, I mean, what God is speaking to her instead of just following tradition and liturgy blindly. God can speak to us through the liturgy and the different seasons of the church. In fact, by going through all the seasons of the church, we are walking with Jesus Christ 
just like the disciple walked with him for more than three years. When we celebrate the liturgical calendar, we are celebrating the life of Jesus in the calendar, from Christmas, which is the birth of Christ, and then his divine journey on earth, including baptism, his ministry, his miracles and healings, his crucifixion, his resurrection, his ascension, and even the time of Pentecost whereby the apostles received the Holy Spirit. We can tell the Pentecostal denomination that we actually celebrate the Pentecost and the gift of the Holy Spirit every single year for the past 2,000 years. In fact, we celebrate and pray in the Trinity, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. There is no such thing as like just focus on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit. It's never biblical. For us, we believe in the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Coming back to what we are celebrating today, the Palm Sunday, one of the significant events of Jesus, a significant event that we know in the Gospel account. But I cannot preach meaningfully about Palm Sunday if we do not talk about Lent. Lent is supposed to be a season of penitence. It is a time for fasting and reflection. We use this season of Lent to grow our life in God. If you want to know how God can speak to you personally, I suggest you use the season of Lent to prepare your hearts for Jesus to speak to you. Because Lent is a season of preparation for the Passion of Christ, which is the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. How do we come to the Passion of Jesus if we don't first seek a time to prepare our hearts? The Gospel account of Matthew chapter 8 verse 8 says, sorry, Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. How can we hear from God if we did within our heart is not pure. In our busy and self-indulging world we are living in, how often we get a chance to sit down and cleanse our hearts so we can hear from God. Lent is a wonderful season to help us to do that. Just like doing a spring cleaning for our house, we need to sweep and find out all the junks within our hearts to make space for the Holy Spirit to dwell within us. Our body, which includes our heart and mind, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Cleansing requires letting go of useless things, harmful items, including bacteria and germs on our abode. Therefore, loving junks, dirtiness, messiness, and disorderly living condition is not the Spirit of God. God desires clean and orderly spirit. When God told Moses gave, and how Moses gave the law to Israel in Deuteronomy, God told them to make sure they keep their camp clean because God will walk among them. This is what Deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 4 says. Since the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and to defeat your enemies before you, therefore your camp must be holy and he must not see anything indecent among you or he will turn away from you. If you desire for the presence of God, if you desire to have God with you, the closer you grow to God, the more you desire the presence of God, you will find that you desire simple, modest, clean and orderly lifestyle, both inward and outward. 
That's why those who are against God like satanic spirits, demonic spirits, unclean spirits, usually live, lead a lifestyle that is very destructive or chaotic. It will, be, it will bring confusion, unclean and disorderly lifestyle. One of the things that I would also like to mention that is stopping us to go deeper in land, which I notice in today's world, is the reluctance and resistance to be sorrowfully penitential. Do you know sorrow and sadness has a place for our Christian life? It is a place for us to mourn and feel sorry for our wrongdoings and sins against God. The issue with modernism and our human nature is we normally don't like the feeling of sorrow and sadness. The doctrine of positive psychology is so heavy these days. We have no room for sorrow, penitence and deep agony to reflect, to reflect our wrongdoings against God. People cannot reflect their sins and have breakthrough in their life because they don't want to mourn for their sins. Therefore, Lent is a season whereby we allow our hearts and spirit to mourn for our sinful flesh. Fasting during the seasons of Lent helps us to focus deeper in God. Science discovered fasting has so much benefits to the body and brain. I mean actual fasting, not the type of fasting about giving up Facebook or handphone for a day, but fasting in terms of not eating. Fasting helps our body and mind detoxed and improve our mind neurologically. That is what science has found. No wonder it has spiritual benefit because it benefits the body, the very temple of the Holy Spirit. Scientific journals have found out fasting has an effect of resetting our body and mind. So fasting and repentance during Lent allow us deeply mourn or sorrowfully deal with our flesh is to make way for God to come into our life. And as today we celebrate Palm Sunday, we celebrate and welcome the Son of God to enter our life as King, to reign over our life, to give us peace and prosperity, just like any king would do to take over his nation. Let me ask each and every one of you, which I also ask myself, do a diagnosis with your soul and ask the question, Deep in your heart, do you truly and passionately celebrate the arrival of Jesus as King? If you don't feel anything about Jesus being King, if your heart is indifferent or you feel, meh, so what? You might want to deeply reflect about the condition of your soul. If you are not like the people in the Bible shouting, Hosanna! You are not worshipping and celebrating for the arrival of the King you will need the work of the Holy Spirit to come into your heart. A place in your heart must have a heart to know that Jesus Christ is King and to have that joy or to rejoice Jesus as King. Why do I say that? The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9-11. to 11, Let me read it out to you. Therefore God has highly exalted Him, which is Jesus, and bestow on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. 
every single creation in heaven and earth. We worship and praise Jesus Christ. This means not only human beings that we worship and praise God. The angels will worship Him and all creations on earth, including inorganic or organic items, rocks, mountains and seas, will praise God. Psalm 148, which I'm not going to recite the whole psalm, but in the psalm it says that all the rocks, hills, snows, fire and so on will praise God. What more from us as living human beings that is made in the likeness of God? Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, verse 40, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Jesus said even stones would cry out to bless and praise Jesus as the divine living God, our King, our Lord. There is a difference just believing in Jesus and there is a difference if you are truly worshipping and praising God. Believing in the state of mind is just a state of belief. You can believe in Jesus in all the most orthodox doctrines, but if you cannot bow, praise and bless Jesus Christ as King and Lord from your heart, from your soul, with all your might, my friends, there is a lot of work for the Holy Spirit to work in you. I remember before I was baptized as a Christian about 10 years ago, my friend was constantly telling me I must worship God. And he was constantly working on my unbelief. I actually told him that I had no problem believing in Jesus Christ as you know, an almighty God. I, think, I, I told him that the biggest problem I am struggling with is that if God ever appeared in front of me, I do not know how to worship him. As I prayed about it and asked God, in his spirit, he helped me to realize the world has affected me so too deeply to bow and in reverence before God. I came from a very tough background. I grew up with gangs and violence. In the dark, triad world, it is a very brutal world. We never yield and submit to life without a fight because life is a fight for survival. By the mercy of God in His Holy Spirit, God sovereignly revealed to me that I needed healing, a healing of trust, love and rest. God wants me to learn to trust Him, learn to love Him, and learn to rest from all the fights and wars I stood to survive. Because of the sins of the world and my own flesh broke me and hardened me so badly within, I could not worship God. In God's sovereign redemptive grace of healing through the work of the Holy Spirit, my life began to worship God. My heart changed. My heart fell in love with Jesus. And I begin to learn how to worship and the joy of worship and to recognize Him as my King. Worship is a posture of giving our whole being and life to God, to trust and rest in God, and allow God to rule our life and have faith to know that God will surely take care of us and we can surely depend on His provision because God is a righteous King who will take care of His own people just in case some of us will think that it is a self-discovery about God. No, my friends, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the work of God in our hearts. Therefore, all glory goes to Him, that even our heart to worship Him comes from His Spirit, comes from His glory, comes from His work. Of course, for a case like mine, 
was a case of healing. But there are many situations people fail to worship God not because of the need for healing. There is a chance because they had pride and sloth, the egoistic blindness and ignorance and spiritual laziness. This pride and sloth happened to the Jews in history. The reason the Jewish people were so excited in celebrating Jesus coming into Jerusalem because the Jews were waiting for God to send them a king to save them. They were op- oppressed by foreign power and reigned by corrupted kings. The wicked was prospering and the poor were oppressed. People were broken and desperate for a change to come. How many of us needed a change in life for the better? I bet a lot of people would say the same. For the Jews, they were desperate. They needed a leader to come into their life, a king to deliver them you know, from whatever they are going through. Even until today, they are suffering. Therefore, they place a hope that God will send a good leader, which is the Messiah, being prophesied in the Old Testament, which we can find it, for example, in Prophet Zechariah, which speaks of what we are experiencing today about the Palm Sunday. This is what Prophet Zechariah said. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a coat, the foal of a donkey. This can be found in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. This is why the Jews celebrated and were so happy with the scene of Jesus riding in with a donkey into the city that fits perfectly the picture of what Prophet Zechariah has said. It was not merely just the prophecy. We need to learn, like I have talked about, why they are desperate. And before that, there is a reason why God allowed all these things to happen. Why? Why was there a problem of oppression of the enemies? Let us think about this. God have a covenant with the people of God. His own people is under his care. How can God, who is the ruler of Israel, allow foreign enemies take over Israel? God was not sleeping or suddenly became weak for enemies to attack his people. It was God that allowed it to happen. The Jews were suffering because they were rebelling against God. God, in his long patience from the provocation of the Jews, finally drove God to actually discipline them and allow foreign power to oppress them. Before the foreign oppression, the Jewish nation was prosperous and happy. They were obedient to God and allowed God to be their God. However, greed, pride and slothfulness of the people began to consume the nation. They became greedy and discontent and began to worship idols and believe that they could gain more from other gods to prosper them. Not only idol worship was becoming rampant, the king in Israel became corrupted and ignorant. The temple priests became sloppy in taking care of the temple and no longer teach the people Bible. And when people attend worship in the temple, they offer God with rotten sacrifice. All sorts of immoralities began to manifest in the Jewish society. 
they provoked God and tested the patience of God for a very long time. The Jews today is mourning and in sorrow for the healing of their nation because they understood the missing presence of God in their own rebellions. It has made God turn away His face from them. The longing for rescue and reign of God to come into their life again becomes a celebration. We can learn a lot from such biblical history of the people of God. My friends, we are not bulletproof from temptation. We are not invulnerable having our hearts to become hardened. Just because we come to church every Sunday or serve God, we are not invulnerable to fall into sin of sloth and pride. We can have the pride of ignorance, thinking we know everything about God, or we, are, we have a very long um, experience since childhood worshipping God, have all the knowledge about the liturgy of the church, yet have a lukewarm and hardened heart to worship God. I believe that was how the priests back then, you know, having that kind of pride of ignorance. The Levitical priests must have thought they knew it all. They thought they ordained in the Levitical lineage with strict traditional teachings, yet they became slothful. Not only the Levitical priests, the Jews must have thought they knew it all about their own tradition. My friends, it is so easy and so vulnerable of us in we can fall into pride and sloth. When we think we know it all and we think that God doesn't mind, you know, He's not going to care. But the actual fact is that we are so vulnerable to be lazy and prideful to love God with all our heart, our might and strength. I pray we do not need God to drive us with foreign oppression to sanctify us, to grow our humility and fervent heart for God. If our heart is not guarded and corrected as mentioned earlier, we can grow hardened through the sin of many ways. We become spiritually lazy like I have talked about it. We become ignorant. We stop giving our best and honour to God during our worship. We stop celebrating and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is our King. One of the things that we can try to take notice is that just like doctors who diagnose a patient, with viral and bacterial infection, it is usually not necessary to do blood check to find out. They look for observable symptoms like running nose, sore throat, cough, and etc. Likewise, we can check with ourselves what is our attitude and behaviour of worship? What is our behaviour when it comes to treating other people? Because all these things is an indication of, his, of our spiritual health. Our behaviour and attitude of worship is one of the symptoms that we must look at. How we worship will eventually affect how the way we live our life. If we do not know how to worship God with our most excellent attitude, we will see manifestation of our attitude towards our life and other people, including our friends, families and workplace. Because if we cannot even worship God the Almighty as the most revering King during our, all our Sundays, what more will we know how to respect His creation, which includes His people, His environment? I'm coming closing to my sermon. Let me summarize it a bit. 
What can we learn from the Word of God and its history today? Number one, sorrow has a place to help us to prepare ourselves for God to come into our lives. Sometimes, sorrows and sufferings remind us not to be complacent. It is a cleansing for our soul from all blemish and junks in our life. In this sorrow, there comes a great joy for our hearts to come, for our hearts to come before God, to allow God to come into our life, to do a greater work of sanctification. Secondly, what we can learn is to reflect and diagnose the condition of our hearts and behavior. Are we celebrating and excited to worship Jesus as King? The scene of sloth in how we worship is very often the sign of the deterioration of our spirit that includes they will affect our society and culture. Our world today talks too much about the assessment of economic and political condition. But learning from the Bible, we should diagnose how people worship, what they worship and how they worship. We will know that there is an indication where the society is heading. When our worship becomes sloppy and slothful, like flu with running nose and fever, it is a sign of our lukewarm love or some form of ignorance comes or hardened heart of us towards God. Thirdly, what we can learn from Palm Sunday is Jesus is King. Yet, I beg the question, do we treat Him as King? How is our worship during Sunday and as a family will show us our hearts towards God. God bless Israel tremendously, yet their hardened hearts means the biggest and most important blessing, which is God Himself. Dear brothers and sisters, if we want to be prepared to allow our lives to have God to bless us, like how God prospered Israel with His presence, we must be able to be prepared for Christ who actually rides a donkey into His city, which means we must allow Jesus to come into our life to rule over us. The amazing thing in this scene of Palm Sunday is that our God, who is our King, ride in not with a luxury and pompous entrance, but a lowly, meek and humble entrance on the donkey. He is a King who is willing to sacrifice Himself for us even when we are not treating Him rightfully as our King. Let me tell you a very terrifyingly good news. <laughs> nothing is going to stop Jesus entering into the city of Jerusalem, which means nothing is going to stop Jesus coming into our lives and into our church. Whether we welcome Him and worship Him rightfully as our Lord and our King, His decision to arrive is sovereign. The correct question for us to ask is whether are we recognizing this and responding with the right heart and spirit? Perhaps some of us sometimes also wonder, where is Jesus in my time of need? Where is Jesus when I am suffering? Jesus might have passed by in his lowly and humble vehicle, a donkey, not a Mercedes-Benz, but we missed him. Therefore, my friends, open your hearts, open your eyes, and humble yourself and don't miss the presence of our King. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.